Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Six seconds to go. Comes in the Tucker. Ewing sets a screen. The shot is off. Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Strick and Roll. I'm your host, Schwinny Poo, in this episode 26. I'm joined today on a Monday, uh, a nice Monday, it's sunny, but it's not too warm. Uh, I'm joined by absolutely nobody. That's what I'm joined by. I'm joined by nobody. I'm going to go solo today. Uh, but before we get started, I do have to make an announcement that the Strickland has a Patreon. You should subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland every Friday that I do with Prez. You also get access to the mailbag that comes out every other week, hosted by Drew Steele, a.k.a. Doug. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There is a $9 tier that gets you access to this pod right here, Strick and Roll, where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more, which you will listen to shortly. You also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Jack Hunley and Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. So, without further ado, let's get started. So, the Knicks are now 3-3. Three and three. Uh, They have lost to Memphis on the road, Milwaukee on the road, and just yesterday, Cleveland on the road. They have beaten, at home, Detroit, Charlotte, and Orlando. What can we learn from all this? What should our takeaways be? Uh, let's start on a broader way of looking at it. Coming into the season, I think for the most part, most people thought this team would be around a 500 team, maybe slightly less, maybe slightly above. Those were the general ranges and expectations I saw. A lot of that was because we said that this team would be able to handle business against the dregs of the league and occasionally would be able to beat some of the elite or better teams in the league, but probably not most of the time, and then punch their weight against teams in a similar tier bracket, however you want to phrase it. All these results line up with that, more or less. Uh, that is not to say that we shouldn't, um, you know, that we shouldn't have higher expectations. No, we should. But it is to say that I don't think anybody needs to be, you know, I saw a lot of despondency after the uh, Cavs game. And we'll get we'll get to that. I have some issues that, just with our overall performance and things, we'll talk about it. Uh, but it's a bit much for me to get to the point of everything is hopeless, everything sucks, this team is headed nowhere, we're just mediocre with no path forward. I think we all need to relax. Um, right now, this it's six games. Go look around the league, uh, various teams' records around the league. It is six games. It is very early. Give it time. 
just give it time to simmer. And that again, not, that is not to say that you shouldn't be concerned about anything or that everything is perfect. It's not. Uh, and again, we will, I'm going to talk about things that I have a, I have issues with, but like just relax. It's fine. Um, now, let's talk a little bit more specifically now. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about R.J. Barrett. I was really disappointed for the first four games of the season in his play. I thought he was, I was. I talked about this openly, I thought he was forcing up too many shots. He was not looking for others. Uh, he was really in his own head, and I thought his defensive performance was pretty poor. I thought over the weekend, okay, so Milwaukee and Cleveland. I don't think the defense was great. I don't think it was awful. I think he just, he, he's getting there, okay? And that maybe that's not inspiring to everybody, but I don't think he's being put in a position to necessarily succeed on that end either, considering the fact that you're pairing him with Jalen Brunson and Evan Fournier. Um, I, I don't know. To me, that's just not the way I would go about it. And I know that Quentin Grimes is injured. Um, I still think that you have options there. I would I would start quickly over Fournier. I know that people don't like that. I don't really give a shit. Cry about it. Um, I think you need to start quickly. But I don't want to get too caught up on that right now. Uh, I just don't think that it's fair necessarily to totally kill him, especially for the games over the weekend for his defense. Offensively, I actually liked what I saw in both those games. Uh yeah, and Milwaukee got off to a rough start, but he didn't. He wasn't forcing up shots. He wasn't taking shots that I don't want him to take or that he doesn't need to take. You know, he missed two pull-up threes in the first quarter of the Milwaukee game. I want him taking those shots. He has to start. He has to have the confidence to not just pull on those shots, but also eventually, obviously, connect on them at a higher level. So, yeah, I want him taking those shots. I was fine with those, um, and I liked seeing him in that third quarter get minutes with the bench. And he became more of a focal point of the offense. He got to go downhill more, and he really got himself going. Now, would that carry over? I don't know. It looked like it did yesterday. It carried over a bit. I mean, he he shot pretty well from the field. I think he hit three threes yesterday. Um, weirdly, though, the thing that was very disappointing to me in both these games was how much of an afterthought he seemed to be in the offense when the starters were out there. And... I want to be very clear when I say this. This is not like the first four games. I would not say that. I think he was very central to the offense, and I thought he was really bad. I thought he was making bad decisions and forcing things. I don't know if it was a recalibration of the game plan. I don't know if this is a coaching choice. I don't know if it's just something that, hey, it happens sometimes in the flow of the game. I did not like how uninvolved offensively he was in these two games, especially not last night in the second half when he was arguably the Knicks' best, most efficient scorer in the first half. And he was just generally playing well. He needed to get more touches then. That second half was an abomination in in the sense of, yes, the Knicks starters got it going, and they got back in the game, and they had a, yes, all that is fine. I'm sorry, I don't care about, I, I don't need to see any Evan Fournier initiating offense set. Like, I don't need that ever, ever, not once. Not even a single fucking time do I need that. It is horseshit. That should never happen. And again, I don't know if that's a coaching thing. I don't know if that's Brunson has to be the point guard sometimes. And just be like, no, get the fuck out of here. It, I'm getting the ball to RJ and he's going to get going downhill. I don't care what it was. That was not good. And I want to talk about this. They played really well in the third quarter yesterday, the starters. Really well. 
maybe their best stretch of the season, their their best individual stint of the season. Really good. I don't know how, how much to take away from it, and I'll tell you why. A lot of it was, yes, Brunson got going in transition, and Randall was forcing the action, and he was you know pushing the pace. He was getting into Evan Mobley on drives. He was he was really you know an active participant offensively. He was really driving things. This is going to sound like hate, and it's whatever. I don't really care at this point because I've made it obvious. I've made it very clear that I would still prefer and and have preferred to trade Julius Randle. When he got going yesterday, and he did get going in that second and third quarter, I even tweeted out that I thought he had played really well. Uh, I didn't like his first stint in the game, that for the opening stretch, but I did. I thought he played really well after that. Um, when he came back in in the second and third quarter, anyway. When he gets going. It does not amplify other skill sets. It does not raise the game of others around him. It doesn't lead to a greater, you know, there's no no greater whole or it's you're not getting more than the sum of your parts, right? He might be rolling and that can buoy your team, right? Effectively, like you 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 might play better because Randall is going, but rarely is Randall going and now the whole collective group is playing better and. They are swinging the ball around, and everybody's getting involved. And it's, it's not that. It was still pretty disjointed yesterday. You know, like it didn't feel like they were winning that quarter because of some cohesive stretch of play among among the group. There were port, there were parts of it, there are pieces of it that I liked, but it was not a greater than the uh, some of its parts type of performance. And that's not all on him. I'm not trying to put that all on him, but I just. He's trying. He really is trying to, like, you know, play a better brand of ball, I guess you can call it. And he is trying harder, and he's not being a huge asshole. And I know this sounds like nitpicking because, yes, he led the team or was tied with the team uh, lead in assists with seven assists yesterday. I'm just telling you what I think. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I didn't love how he played yesterday, is my point. I did not, I did not watch that and think, Wow, like this can become he's really blending well with others. To me, he played well and it was just like he was playing well. He was taking the ball at the floor, he's sprinting it up. He he it's it just did not feel like the group itself was playing that great. Um and is that all on him? No, again, it's not. But like, you know, he's I just think the standard for him that people are judging him on is way too low right now. It's it's a ridiculously low bar. If I have to hear the fucking MSG broadcast one more time, praise him for his attitude and that he's smiling now, like, give me a break, man. Just give me a break. Yes, I'm happy that, like, it's great for Julius that he is in a better place mentally. I mean that. Great. Good for him. And I'm happy that he is trying and contributing in a more positive fashion than he was last year but like let's let's stop praising him for this oh he's running the floor hard oh he's really trying now this is the this is bare minimum stuff this is this is like the expectation we should have of anybody who steps on the floor you know were we were, were we praising obi top and emmanuel quickly the last years because they were smiling all the time no we weren't no you don't think about it oh they were trying hard they ran up the floor hard. No, we don't. We don't praise them endlessly for that. 
They might be things you comment on, but I don't hear about it every fucking game on the broadcast, so shut the fuck up about it, okay? Unless the guys, like, let's let's get back to, this is supposed, if we're going to, and we'll get back to RJ, because RJ, rightfully, I've killed him. I killed him to start this year. I thought he was terrible for the first four games, as I said. A lot of people did, and I'm fine with that. It's year four for him. He got his payday. He's effectively the highest paid player in the team when his contract kicks in. The standard is justifiably been raised for him. He has to be more consistent. And that's why games like the last two, to me, are a little bit more frustrating because I don't, I don't think he had the chance to really put his best foot forward, even though he was playing better than he had the previous four. But Julius Randle should be judged on similarly high expectations. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not praising him for for trying and being happy and running the floor hard. He should be doing that every night. That's what we should expect of Julius Randle. That should be okay. Good job. He he did his job type of performance. Not he went above and beyond. Not oh we're praising him to the heavens for it. No, that's the bare minimum expectation. And you can go back and you can watch that Milwaukee game, which his first quarter of that game was awful, awful performance. He was trying to make some kind of trying to do some personal kind of showdown with Giannis. Let me tell you, it didn't end well. Okay, he got a shot blocked on a three by Giannis. He was just he he was forcing shit to try and prove some point. It did not work well. That was not a great performance from him. I did not like what I saw from him at all in that game, uh, both defensively and offensively. And I didn't particularly like what I saw from him in the Hornets game either. I'm gonna be honest. I think there were clear instances instances of him positioning himself in a way to get the ball rather than run the offense, rather than trying to help, you know, get the team set up in a cohesive manner. He decided it was Julius time, a little bit too much for my taste in those, in in those two games. Um, And again, people can disagree with that and they can say I'm hating on him and maybe I am hating on him. I don't know. All cards at the table. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm looking at it through hater glasses, but all I know is, I watched those two games, and I did not feel great about it. I think the praise that he's gotten for, oh, just trying, the process is good. Give me a fucking break. It's, it's horse shit. This is low bar stuff. You know, why are we, we, we should not be treating him like some third-year player trying to establish himself in the NBA who's talented but mercurial. No. What is this, like ninth season in the NBA? Give me, like, no. He's, he is supposed to be delivering consistently both in terms of raw statistical production and process and jet like all of this stuff. It, it, this is these are expectations that he should be meeting. This is not stuff where we're like, oh, we're trying to un- unlock Julius. He's a ninth year player in the NBA. You're not unlocking him, okay? You're trying. You're you're. He either delivers on what you're paying him for, or or he's not going to. And there there can be people that people there are people who believe that he is delivering right now. I don't agree with that, but at least if you believe that, I can accept that. I don't want to hear about this. Oh well, at least the process is good. He's trying. No, give me a fucking break with that. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Okay, um, and it's six games, so we'll see. I've I'm trying very hard to keep an open mind about Julius, and there are things that I have liked. I 100% believe that he is really like trying to play in a more. I don't want to. He's trying to be more cohesive in his play with his teammates, for sure. And maybe these last few games and instances of shitty play, maybe that's stuff that he's got to iron out as he goes on. That's fine. But let's let's pump the brakes on the end, like the the level of praise that we're 
giving him for this stuff. Okay, he's he's been he's had good moments, he's had some bad moments. It's six games. Let's revisit this in mid December. Okay, I guess I give him two months. He's gonna get the two months. Whatever. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of JID, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally just love the uh the the earbud tap functions. Those are really nice. Uh the awareness mode is also great because as soon as you turn on your little Bluetooth thing on the phone, it automatically locks in and uh let me tell you, I go on a run every single day. I can't hear anything uh, when I have these in. So, highly recommend, have enjoyed my usage of them. Uh, go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. 15. What is really bothering me about this team right now is the lack of creativity. And this goes back to the things I was critical of Tips for last year and why I wanted to move on from him. And like Randall, I am trying to give Tibbs the two months. So I want to start by giving him credit for, I think he deserves credit for not just getting the Knicks to play faster, but really committing to it. It seems like they are genuinely committed to pushing the pace at a better clip than they were the last few years. They're 15th in pace right now, according to Basketball Reference. It's really impressive. 13th in offensive rating, 12th in defensive defensive rating, 10th in net rating. Let's see how that all works out. Okay, But I genuinely miss he deserves credit for that. I also do think he deserves credit for genuinely giving Cam Reddish a chance. Um I've talked about this before. It would have been easy to bench Cam Reddish and go with a nine-man rotation after his display in preseason. He didn't do that. He kept him in the 10-man rotation with Grimes out. Um, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag, but that's what you're going to get right now from Cam Reddish. you got to deal with the mixed bag to hopefully get 
and develop the player that you're hoping he can become. But for that, I'm going to give Tibbs credit. He's close to them. He's close to them in a few games, um, the Memphis game and the Charlotte game. Again, like he's put, he's showing some trust in a young player who we know that he was not super pumped about acquiring. He deserves credit for that. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.